anchored. We have this hope as an anchor. There are There are songs that you can sing that if, if you just sing the first few words, just sing the first line, just about everybody around you can finish it, right? Let me give you some examples, ready? Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. See, you know it, don't you? How about this one? Just sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of... Remember that one? <laughs> right? Now, for many of you, that, that, that took you back a lot of years to a different place, didn't it? If only... If only the SS Minnow had had an anchor, how different that story would be. Boy, if only in life, if we had an anchor, how different the story would be. When the writer to Hebrews wrote in Hebrews chapter 6, when he wrote, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. The anchor that he was referring to would have been an anchor that looked like this. In those days, it was, a, it was a fairly modern device. In fact, in those days, in the days of the Roman Empire, this anchor was about as revolutionary as the iPhone. Right? For forever before, they had just used a rope tied to a big rock. But then they, they figured this out. They figured that they could make this, this big hunk of iron, right, with a loop at the top. And a, a, a real anchor, for when we hang it on the wall, it kind of has this cross piece that, that, that goes the same direction as the bottom. It's where it will hang flat to the wall. But a real anchor, this top piece, this top post, would be turned 90 degrees. And what happens is the anchor will hit the, will hit the, the floor of the lake, of the ocean, of whatever, whatever the boat is in, and it will fall, and this post will hit the ground. No matter which way the boat goes, it will pull on the anchor, and it will cause the fluke, there are two flukes on the anchor, it will cause the fluke to dig into the ground and hold. When the writer to Hebrews says this, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, it was a, it was a powerful metaphor that, that they, they got, that they grasped. And here's what we have, okay? We have God's vows, and we have God's promises. His vows... That which God says about who He is. And God's promises, those 7,000 statements He's made over you. Make no mistake, 
the anchor holds. It's the reason why we can sing songs like, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. I find my hope, I find my trust, I find my strength in Christ alone. About 550 B.C., the prophet Jeremiah, he sits outside of Jerusalem, just outside the, on the hills, just outside the Damascus Gate. And he's watching as his beloved city is burning. Most of its citizens have been taken into captivity. It is as far as devastation, as far as the eye can see, it's devastation. And, and he writes this book of laments. You'll find it there in the Old Testament. Right? You go Psalms, Proverbs, uh, then you get into the book of Jeremiah. And after the book of Jeremiah, immediately after the book of Jeremiah, you have this book, the book of Lamentations. And it, it's five poems. And, 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 and it's five poems that it just talks about the, the despair. It talks about the agony of everything that they know, of everything that they've worked for, of everything that they've dreamed of being reduced to rubble, becoming ash. And yet in the midst of that, in, in Luke chapter 3, he says this, yet this I call to mind, and I have hope. What is it that he calls to mind? He says this in Luke 3, 21. He says, because of God's great mercy. Because of God's great mercy. You know what Jeremiah realized? Jeremiah realized that, that yes, his beloved city was destroyed, but the destruction was deserved. He, he, he recognized that, that, yes, Jerusalem's inhabitants had been taken into captivity, and, and it was deserved. But the simple truth is this. I, I can't speak for your world, but I can speak for my world. I am a sinner. I do not deserve the blessings that God brings into my life day after day after day. I don't deserve them because I fail regularly. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So does the person that's sitting next to you right now. And I wait for it. So do you. See, we don't deserve God's mercy. And yet Paul got it right when he said, in his mercy, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth, identity, 
into a living hope future and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. I said this to the pastors in our, in, our, in our pastoral prayer time this morning. I said, one of the great concerns that I have with modern Christianity is we are extremely, we are extremely short-term focused. And we are profoundly selfish, right? We focus in the short term. We have a pretty narrow perspective. And it's all about me. If you don't believe me, turn on, turn on modern Christian radio today and listen to the preponderance of modern Christian music. It's one of the things, I will say this, I love it when our worship pastor sings the songs that he has written, because I love, Pastor Pucci, man, when he writes songs, they talk about Jesus, right? But the preponderance of Christian music today, it's all about me. Me, 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 me. I've got a blessing coming my way. I've got a promise coming my way. I've got this. I've got that. God, do this for me. Me, 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 me. It actually sounds more like opera than it does Christian contemporary music, right? Me, 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 me. It's interesting to me because the comparison is this. Islam will think about two or three generations later. You know, part of the plan for Islam is this. So, Christianity, evangelical Christianity, you've heard me quote this before as you've been around, evangelical Christianity worldwide is growing at three times the rate of population growth. There are 193 nations in the world. There are only 20 nations in the world where Christianity is not advancing quicker than population. By the way, you happen to be in one of them. And, and in some, listen, and in some of those countries, there's, there's, a, there's a country that, that most people would say that Christianity is not keeping up with population growth. It's a country that it's a closed country. It's a country that we're very, Calvary, our church is very significantly invested in. And in that country, you cannot go into a village. You cannot go into a city in that country and go into a mosque. And there's not a Bible study with Pentecostal believers happening in that mosque. Every city, every village in that country that we cannot mention by name. Tens of thousands of Bible study groups. People being baptized in mosques. Not the exception. It's happening all over this country. In the hundreds. And most of these people that are coming to faith are coming to faith as radical Muslims. Because what they discover is this. They discover the truth. And when they discover the truth, they're in. And they're all in. Now, a number of them are being martyred for their faith. Faith. 
One man, they, they found out that, that he had converted to Christianity. And they gave him a massive over, overdose of drugs that messed up his mind. And he said this. He said, I'd rather live crazy for Jesus than live sane in Islam. And they have no problem giving their life. You know why? Because they're thinking about it on the long term. You know, part of Islam's strategy is this. They know that they can't out-convert people, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to out-birth us. Right? So they'll have, they'll have this, this massive amount of, of children, even though it creates challenges for them in the short term. Believing that if they go to a Christian country and just massively reproduce, that eventually population is going to swing. And they think about an objective that is for the long haul. And yet so much of Christianity, so much of what we do is so short-sighted. What we see in the moment is the significant determiner of our disposition. In this world, you will have trouble. And life, friend, is an uphill climb. Anybody here live a trouble-free existence that is not heavily medicated? Anyone? (laughs) Right? So we face these challenges, we face these difficulties, but in the midst of it, here's what we have. We have hope. We have hope. We have hope. And that hope that hope sustains us. It secures us. It defines us. The hope that you have or the lack thereof is the determiner of your disposition. So here's the question of the day. How's your hope? How's your hope? Not not what are you going through right now. Not... (laughs) Not are you happy. How's your hope? How's that that hope meter? Because here's what I'm convinced of. I'm I'm convinced of this, and I'm, I'm completely convinced of it. That God brought you here this morning. He brought us to the communion table today. to remind us of hope. For some of us to reintroduce us to hope and to re-engage us in hope. And for all of us to reinforce us in hope. 
because it does not matter. Listen, friend, it does not matter what your current situation looks like. Here's the key. The key is what your destination looks like. When, uh, when Jody and I moved uh, here uh, just about three and a half years ago, we moved our family here. And uh, we, uh, we, we, we actually we moved into a different home Easter week of this week. But our, our first Orlando house, uh, when we went to look at it, uh, it was fluorescent pink. I mean, glow-in-the-dark fluorescent pink. Uh, I'm convinced that it's the big reason. The house had been on the market for some time, and I'm convinced it's the biggest reason the house didn't sell is because it was fluorescent pink, okay? The outside was fluorescent pink. Barbie, think Barbie dream house, okay? The inside, every room in the house was a different shade of orange. Well, some, some rooms, our, our living room had four different shades of orange, so, living room, orange. Dining room, orange. Family room, orange. What color do you think the master bedroom was? See, you guys are catching on. It was, in a word, hideous. But I sat in front of this pink house And I thought, caramel-colored door. Ivory trim. Amber-colored main structure of the house. We closed on the house on Tuesday. Our furniture showed up on Wednesday. The painters showed up on Thursday. <laughs> the house was finished by the end of the day on Friday. And my neighbors sang my praises. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I couldn't see beyond the pink. Is it possible that you're here today and you, <laughs> you're living your own pink house and you can't see beyond the pink? You're caught up in your current situation and, and it's got you bound. You're dealing with this issue in your family and, and it, it shackled you. And in fact, you often say this now. You know what? I used to not be this way. Man, I used to be a happier person. I used to be a more joyful person. We used to engage with other people more. We, we, we used to go out to dinner with people and, and enjoy the company of people. I, I used to. When I had hope. But now, 
Now my health, my finances, my family, my job, my fill-in-the-blank. It has robbed me of my hope. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said this, hope deferred, hope not realized, makes the heart sick. And so many of us, we, we live with our heart sick because of hope deferred. Today, November 5th, 2017, God has brought you here not to hear a sermon, but to receive a prophetic word. And it is this, that God wants to re-energize the hope in you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't abandoned you. He has you. Everything you need for life and godliness, He has ordered your steps. You are more than a conqueror. There is nothing that can separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus. He will provide for your every need. He will be your protector. He is your deliverer. It is time. It's time to re-engage with hope. Because God hasn't changed. And His promises haven't changed. I'll tell you on a very personal level, let me tell you what I do. When I find myself in a place where I'm where I'm struggling with hope, and this is why I love the communion table, when I'm struggling with hope, here's what I'll do. I'll take a trip down memory lane. This morning, as I was thinking about and praying about this service, there was a song that just kept playing over and over in my mind. Um, and I'm not a very good singer. In fact, I, I think I'm not a good singer at all. Um, but I want to sing it for you. Well, a little portion of it. And it says this, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back at Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never 
never lose its power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. I'm telling you, and that, that song took me to a place. I remembered the first time that I heard it. I remember a spot at an altar. I remember a time that God touched me. I remembered how He came through miraculously. I was reminded of the incident when God healed me. I started thinking about all the times that He protected me. And you know what's interesting? My mind didn't go to the times that I doubted God. The times didn't go to the times that I thought God wasn't there. I began to think about all those times that God showed up in a big way. And I had two thoughts. One is this. That today, the church needs to be reminded that the blood will never lose its power. And He's the same God with the same glory yesterday, today, and forever. And then I needed to challenge you to do this. I needed to challenge you to remember. But more than that, I needed to give you the opportunity this morning. And I'm going to ask our entire worship team to come if they would, please. I need to give you the opportunity to create a new memory. To create a new anchor point. See, that's what church is all about, right? Not a show, not a production. We're not here to entertain you. If our win today, our win is this, if we can do two things. If we can connect you vertically to Jesus, And then if we can connect you horizontally to the people around you. The win today is you being in that that ideal place with the Lord and being connected in fellowship with the people around you. That's it. It's not important that you leave going, man, the music is good. It's not important that you leave going, the, the, the sermon is tolerable. 
that people are nice. It's I have a genuine, living, loving, life-redeeming connection with the God that has created me and is intimately engaged in the intricacies of my day. And God has brought me to a place where we can do life and experience His presence together. And God wants you to have a moment of renewal. God wants you to have a a taste this morning of what we call revival. God wants you to walk in resurrection power. in an engaging relationship with the Holy Spirit and in an anointing that moves you from the Emmaus Road posture of looking down to the table posture of looking at Jesus. I want you to stand with me. In a moment, I'm going I'm to call you to an altar. Let me tell you what's going to happen. In a moment, I'm going to call you to an altar, and you're going to be tempted because this is what the devil does. You're going to be tempted to head to one of these exits. Thinking that you need to that you need to beat the Baptists to Denny's. And there's going to be two tugs. Okay? There's going to be the tug of the Holy Spirit drawing you to an altar. And there's going to be the tug of the adversary trying to pull you to the activities of the day. And you've got the opportunity this morning to choose. I challenge you. I encourage you. I beg you. I dare you. To choose hope today. I don't care how many times you've prayed for healing. How about renewed hope today? Because it's quite possible that today is the day of your miracle. I don't care how many times you've prayed for that child. God's brought you here today to renew your hope. I don't care how many times you've prayed for that marriage. I, I don't care how many times you've prayed for that situation. God's brought you to this place And he's brought you to this moment to experience him in such a way that it brings substance to your hope 
that it fuels within you a living hope I'm going to ask my pastors, my elders, and my prayer team to make their way to the front. I want you to begin to sense it. It's the Holy Spirit that's moving in our midst. It's the wind of the Spirit that's beginning to blow through this place. It's the presence of God that's beginning to saturate the moment. It's the anointing of the Lord that's stirring. In fact, even where you sit right now, even though there is a spiritual battle going on, there's a sense of expectation, anticipation. Belief is rising up in God's house this morning. Belief is rising up in God's house this morning. Hope is being renewed. So God, right now, I pray by your Holy Spirit, oh God, that you would leave no person unmoved, unchallenged, unchanged, God, I pray that there would be a release of hope in the, in, the, in the environment right now. I pray, God, that there would be a strengthening of faith in your house. I pray, God, that there would be a spiritual courage to believe. I pray, God, that signs and wonders would be the result. I pray, God, that miraculous would be the norm. I pray, God, that this would be a day that hope is seen realized in Jesus name we bind the enemy we declare him a defeated foe we speak victory over your house in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name what do you want to believe God for this morning what do you want to hope for this morning I'm going to encourage you step from where you're at come forward the word of God says that the prayer often in faith will make the sick person well the word of God says that two or two or more agree on anything it shall be done the word of God says that when we pray believing, miracles happen. Come on, come on. You need a miracle in your marriage. Don't wait, come on. Don't be a spectator, okay? Let your hope have some activity to it. Let your hope have some life to it. You need healing in your body. Let hope have some life to it. You need healing in your finances. Let hope have some life to it. You need healing in your profession. Let hope have some life to it. You need strength. In a situation, let hope have some life to it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let there be some energy to your faith this morning. Let's believe God for miracles. Let's believe God for a dynamic of the Holy Spirit. God, we're standing on your vows. You claim to be God. You claim to be master of everything. God, we're believing that. We're believing you are who you claim to be. God, we're standing on your promises. Your word says that the righteous will not be forsaken. Your children will not beg for bread. God, we stand on your promises. Your word says that you will provide for our every need. We stand on your promises. Your word says that you restore and renew. We stand on those promises. Your word says that you save, deliver, and heal. We stand on those promises. Your word says that you guide and direct. We stand on those promises. Your word says that you give wisdom, insight, understanding. We stand on those promises. Your word says that you set us free. We stand on those promises. Your word says that you deliver. We stand on those promises. God, your word says that we have this hope, this living hope as an anchor for our soul. We're grabbing hold of that anchor this morning. We're grabbing hold of that anchor this morning. We're grabbing hold of that anchor this morning. God, I pray all across this room, from one side to the other, from front to back, 
from the sanctuary, God, from the altar to the balcony, that hope would rise up in your children today. Let hope rise up in your children today, oh God. Let hope rise up in your children today, oh God. Give us the courage to believe. Give us the courage to expect. Give us the courage to anticipate. God, let hope be renewed. Let hope be restored. Let hope be resurrected. And God, for some this morning, let hope for the very first time be birthed. It's a new day, oh God. It's a new day in that home. It's a new day in that marriage. It's a new day in that family. It's a new day in that life. It's a new day in that body. It's a new day in that relationship. It's a new day in that business. It's a new day in that ministry. It's a new day in that direction. It's a new day in that destiny. We stand on your promises, oh God. And we embrace the hope that you give us. 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 I just encourage you, if you're at the altar and you're waiting for somebody to pray for you, I just want you to right now, just begin to cry out to God. Lift a hand of faith up to God. Lift a hand of faith up to God and say, God, I'm standing in hope. God, I'm believing in hope. God, I'm walking in hope. God, I'm living in hope. I'm moving forward in hope. I'm making my decisions in hope. I'm trusting you in hope. God, I thank you that hope is coming into my identity for the first time. I thank you, God, that hope is being renewed in my life. I thank you, God, that hope is being renewed in my marriage. I thank you, God, that hope is being renewed in my family. I thank you, God, that hope is being renewed in my body. I thank you, God, that hope is being renewed in my finances. I thank you, God, that hope is being renewed in my business. God, I thank you that hope is being renewed in my profession. God, I thank you that hope is being renewed in my city. God, I thank you that hope is being renewed in my nation. God, I thank you that hope is being renewed in my church. God, I thank you that hope has been renewed in me. And so, God, I stand on your promises. I stand on your promises. And I trust in your vows, oh God. And I thank you that you have given us, that you've given me this living hope. God, give me now the disposition and the courage and the strength, the wisdom, the understanding, the faith to live a life of living hope, of living hope, of living hope of living hope. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. I receive my breakthrough in Jesus' name. I receive my deliverance in Jesus' name. I I receive my restoration in Jesus' name. I receive my reconciliation in Jesus' name. I receive my identity in Jesus' name. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that the devil is defeated. I thank you, God, that victory is mine. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Yes, oh God. Yes, oh God. Yes, oh God. We are anchored in you. Anchored in you. Anchored in you, oh God. Anchored in you. Let it be God. Let it be God. Let it be God. Let it be God. Father, I pray. God, that every person within the sound of my voice, God, every person that's here, every person that's watching via live stream, via Facebook Live, I pray, God, for each and every person that you give them the courage to believe, that faith in them would rise up, that hope would be energized, 
that they would walk in courage, that they would walk in confidence. God, that this would be a day that differentiates from all other days, that this would be, that this would be that turning point, that this would be that moment in their world, in their life, in their family, in their home, in their job, in their ministry, in their relationships, in their world, oh God. Father, that that each one of us, that we would walk with this profound, liberating, contagious hope. Let it be, oh God. 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 Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.